1: Keith Baldry, off this week, very pleased to welcome back Bill Thielman, ably sitting in for him. Hey, Bill, thanks for coming on.
2: My pleasure, Mike. Morning.
1: Uh, yeah, good morning to you. Bill is a former Vancouver City Council candidate and a veteran B.C. political strategist and campaigner. Let me play a clip here for you, Bill, from the mayor of Merritt, Mike Gets. He was my first guest on the show today. This guy is mad as hell here. Over his hospital emergency room getting shut down again. So it is closed again this morning. He says it, it is the 16th time this year that the local hospital emergency room has been shut down because of a staff shortage. He says, Look, we are not getting what we paid for here. They will withhold tax revenue to the provincial government. Have a listen, I'll get your thoughts.
0: When we calculate our tax for 2024, where we hand in our remittance we're going to be pulling out every single day that we didn't get service so if we go 20 days before this year's over that's how many days we'll pull out and we're not going to pay for that service because we never got it
1: okay bill what do you
0: think
2: Well, you know, there's a long history, Mike, in politics uh, over many, many centuries even of tax revolts and withholding taxes. The Boston Tea Party is the most prominent example that comes to mind, but there have been others. I I guess the problem that I have, I I appreciate the mayor's concern and the the good folks in Merritt's concern. It's terrible to to have a hospital that keeps closing and opening and closing, Um, but is nobody wants the hospital to be closed. Adrian Dix, the health minister, doesn't want it to be closed. The staff don't want it to be closed. So it's not like someone's out there trying to close it to save money or something. They're actually trying to keep it open, and they're probably spending extra money to find staff from further and further away to, to get there. So I don't know that it'll have an effect. I think what it is is a good, uh, obviously, public relations attempt to put sure. pressure on the Ministry of Health and pressure on the minister to try and, and do a better job. But it's, it's tough when, you know, uh, this isn't the only area where there's staff shortages. There's all the other hospitals that have closed down And, you know, we've talked about this on on the show. Uh, B.C. ferries can't find enough staff some days to run the ferries. And, again, nobody wants to not run a a ferry on schedule. So it's kind of like we're facing staff shortages in a lot of different areas. And as you and I have seen, probably some of your favorite restaurants might say we're not open so many hours anymore because we can't find the staff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that getting back to the politics of it there locally, I'm sure this is some good retail politics for him on the the streets of merit. I'm sure there's a Absolutely. lot of citizens there fed up and they don't mind seeing their mayor raise some hell here about it. But I, I just wonder, is this legal? Can you do this?
2: I don't know if it's legal or not, but uh. you know, I mean, <clears throat> there was civil disobedience under Gandhi in India with withholding taxes and things like this. I, I mean, ultimately, it's not going to make any difference to the health budget, which is in the billions and billions of dollars. So I don't think Minister Dix or the government want to take the mayor to court. I think they want to find a solution, but you know, and and they should try and do so as soon as they can, but I don't think it'll amount to a big court case or something myself.
1: Well, if it does, that would ricochet badly for this community, wouldn't it? They they could end up paying more in legal costs to fight it in court. don't want yeah, you
2: don't want to start talking about constitutional law (laughs) in courts. That's for sure. But look, his point's well made. Uh, I think uh, he's obviously met with the minister recently at the UBCM and uh, probably will speak with him again. I just think, you know, Adrian Dix can't conjure up doctors and nurses to every spot where somebody doesn't show up or is going away for a week's holiday or something. It's just the system is that tight and, and we're going into flu and COVID and RSV season, it's it's going to be a tough winter if, um, if you know, uh, people do get sick, too. It's not just that they're on holidays. Staff at hospitals get sick on a regular yeah. basis.
1: Yeah. Speaking of uh, on health care and health care funding, just in the last hour here, Bill, B.C. Health Minister Adrian Dix, a news conference with his federal counterpart, the federal health minister, Mark Holland, announcing a bilateral deal, B.C. and Ottawa. B.C. will get $1.2 billion over three years for federal health care funding. So this is the the first province to finalize one of these bilateral side deals here. What do you think of that? Could that make a difference? 1.2 billion. That gets <clears throat> gobbled up pretty quick.
2: Yeah, it does. Although, you know, I I'm just guessing. I think uh, you you probably know better, but the uh the health budget is I think about 50% of the BC budget. So, you know, a billion is uh not <clears throat> insignificant, of course. Yeah. Um but it's over 3 years, so you know, then right. you're down to 400 million a year. I don't know. I, I mean, anything is better. Any money coming from the federal government to BC for health care is good news, first of yes. all. No question about that. Um, you know, that could potentially hire hundreds of doctors and nurses in BC. So we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. And, um, you know, pretty clearly it's new money, so that's good. It's not part of the ongoing health transfer payments. So, you know, this is a a good development, I think. uh, Will any of these single one things solve the the challenges that we have with staffing? Uh, No, probably not. But together, they may make a difference.
1: Okay. I spoke to a West Vancouver dad this morning on the show, Bill. He found some used drug syringes near his daughter's playground at her school in West Vancouver. And we've got the B.C. government has recently introduced some new restrictions on public drug use. You cannot smoke crack, for example, within six meters of a storefront door. I guess seven meters is OK. You cannot do drugs within 15 meters of a public waiting pool for kids. I guess 16 meters would be OK. Let's listen to the federal uh, conservative leader here on the attack on this file is Pierre Polyev. And I'll get your thoughts.
0: Justin Trudeau and the federal NDP are radical and extreme to the point that they allowed crack and heroin in the first place to be legal and present in our playgrounds and around
2: our schools.
1: Okay, do you think what do you think of these rules? Does this make any sense at all?
2: Well, yes, they do make sense and they should have been there from the beginning. I think almost everybody acknowledges that uh, from a if you're going to do a, a basically a uh, uh, decriminalizing of some serious, serious drugs, uh, and these are very serious, very deadly drugs then at a minimum, you've got to restrict where you can use them. Certainly having people shooting up in schools and outside schools is, is totally inappropriate. I think the government has recognized that now, belatedly, but you know it's the right thing to do. Um, look, there's a big debate over everything to do with the drug situation, and we've heard about the Portuguese model and, and more emphasis on rehab and drug courts and other ways of going. Uh, we've got advocates saying, sell me safe cocaine and heroin. Well, in my book there is no safe cocaine or heroin you, those can kill you in any form at all without fentanyl with fentanyl so uh, I understand where the opposition leader is coming from at the same time we know uh, dead people don't go into rehab dead people can't take programs and learn to deal with their problems without taking opioids or other dangerous drugs so it's it's a it's a very yeah. fine balance that I think the society and our our province our country are trying to find and, um, you know, it, it, the death toll is horrific from, from overdose deaths every month. We hear a report from the coroner. And so I, I think, uh, you know, it, the government is trying to do some things to make things better. And um, So far it hasn't worked. But, you know, we can't just throw up our hands and say, well, let's just, you know, I mean, the uh, completely banning everything didn't work either. So.
1: Okay, quick glance south of the border, Bill. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. (laughs) announces he will stage an independent campaign for U.S. president. He had earlier been threatening to challenge Biden for the Democratic nomination. That's no longer on the table. He will run an independent campaign for president. Get your thoughts on this. Let's listen to him here. Bobby Kennedy Jr.,
3: I want every American to know that you are not alone in this crisis. I want you to know that I'm going to be a president who's going to be thinking about solving your economic problems every day that I'm in the White House. The government created these problems, and you deserve a government that is going to solve them.
1: Okay, I remember when he was running briefly for the Democratic nomination, Bill, it was the Democrats who were kind of wetting their beds over this. Could he split the vote, and Donald Trump seemed to enjoy that. Now that he's running as an independent, Trump seems to be more worried about Bobby Kennedy Jr. stealing votes from him. What kind of impact could this campaign have, do you think?
2: Well, it's going to be very interesting. And I got to say, it's sad, but uh, Mr. Kennedy is a bit of a nut bar. I mean, there's just no way around. You could read his stuff. He, uh, you know, he's made all sorts of bizarre claims. Wi-Fi causes cancer. Uh, Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese people are the, quote, most immune to COVID-19. He's an anti-vaxxer, pro-gun, um yeah, he's yeah, he is an environmentalist, and a lot of environmental groups up here have been happy to have Robert F. Kennedy stand with them, Clackwit Sound or whatever. But yeah. he seems to have gone off the deep end, and you know, all of his brothers and sisters denounced him. Public yes. just denounce yeah. the guy. I mean, you know it's bad when your own family members come out on in public and say he'd be a terrible, perilous president. So uh, I think, but look, he's appealing to a crowd that does include a lot of Trumpers, a lot of Trump supporters, and huh. some of his some of his positions and lines are are more there so i think trump is worried that he could peel off some of his votes as an independent uh i think biden still has to be worried that the kennedy name even if every other kennedy in the country is saying he's a he's a bad candidate for president you still have to worry if you're the democratic campaign and i think david axelrod who's advised barack obama has said this as much that i mean even if he took a couple percentage points and mike you know you're a student of politics remember when ralph nader ran oh, and allowed uh, allowed uh, i think it was george bush was able to get yeah. just get by al gore uh, you don't need much to upset the balance in a tight election hmm.
1: Yeah, it is very interesting, though, to see a, a Kennedy here potentially peeling off some support from from Trump because, I, you know, on issues like vaccines, that uh, w- would appear to appeal more to Trump's base than to Biden's base. So this is an interesting wild card here now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line, it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI, it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care Okay, your calls to Bill Tillman 604-280-9898 is the number to call Star 9898 toll-free on your cell. Richard on the Gulf Islands. Hi Richard, go ahead.
3: Hi there. I was just going to say on um, the uh, drug use issue, um, I it's you know, we we do have to help people that have got a drug problem. But uh, just saying okay, um use it isn't helping their issue we really need to provide uh treatment and everybody's been saying this but nobody's doing anything like you know if somebody decides gee i could use some help today we need to get them in i don't know with into something within at least a week because it, it's quite possible that somebody's gotta change their mind i mean i i have yeah. had friends that have been users. And, um, yeah, they, you know, sometimes they want to get off, but then they, yeah. and, And so the deal is we've got to be able to encourage this. And I was a school principal. And the other thing I want to say is when kids see other people using assorted drugs and not having a repercussion, the kids say, well, what the hell I'll use it too.
1: Richard, thank you for the call. Bill, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think that last point is particularly important from Richard. You know, what what kind of modeling are we setting up when we say, don 't use uh, i mean there I don't know if you 've seen a mic on twitter there 's a, a meme out there It it's said which one of these is illegal in b c and one is a a little pile of cocaine and the other is a plastic straw <laughs> you know yeah. and so yeah. so you can 't do this you can 't do that uh, don 't use these words, those words, but if you want to shoot heroin in the schoolyard, go ahead uh, that 's a real problem, no question and so I, I mean ultimately, as we know from uh, on the other side, we know from uh, drug reform advocates uh, and from the coroner, most of the people dying of drug overdoses are dying home alone. They're not dying on the yeah. street. They're not. They're certainly not dying in insight or any of the uh, safe injection sites. So it's a very tough problem. And I, I think at some point, we have to also ask as a society, why are so many people using drugs that we know are deadly? Why are they doing it? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Mike and Vernon. Hi, Mike, go ahead.
0: Hey, good
2: morning, guys.
0: Hey, I'm <clears throat> um, talking about the health thing. First of all, what the mayor merit is doing, I think, is great because he at the very least, he puts it front and center. Um, and the second thing is the money coming from Ottawa, I don't care how much money comes here from Ottawa. It's not money that's going to s- solve this problem. It's the basic way that health care is delivered that is the problem in this province, and it is so restricted, It is so controlled and manipulated by ideology that nothing ever gets done. We've had a health minister who's been there for, uh, what is it, four-plus years now, a government that's been there long enough that there's no one else to blame but themselves. So I think it is far past time, and a lot of people agree, that it's time to sit down, take a look at the system that we have, and remodel it so that it actually works and the money is used effectively.
1: Mike, thank you for the call. Bill, we've got a minute left here. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's not forget we've, we've gone through and are still going through the COVID crisis. So, this has been the most challenging time healthcare has ever faced, on top of all the other problems it has. But, you know, we've seen some significant improvements. We talked about the money that just got announced today, but we've also seen the government agree to bring in physician assistants who can assist doctors, take on some of the role there. We've seen nurse practitioners introduced. There's quite a few. I've been treated by a nurse practitioner uh, at times. You know, there there are things that are happening, but. Uh, I mean, let's face it, guys like you and I are getting older and we take more health care time, as does the population age. It's going to be a continuing challenge. And if we could get COVID behind us, it would certainly help.
3: Bill, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Mike.